Welcome to the Family Life Church Podcast. We hope you're blessed and encouraged to share this with someone you know. Subscribe or visit thefamilylife.org for more information. It was of Arimathea, the city, a city of the Jews with, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went into Pilate and begged the body of Jesus and he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and behold the sepulcher, beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid and They returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now, there are so many things to understand about this and while we won't go into them today completely, I am thankful today, and this is difficult for all of us to understand and say, but I am thankful for the grave. Because if there were no grave, there would be no resurrection. Amen. Amen. So let me talk to you for a few moments. And the Sabbath day drew on. And the Sabbath day drew on. Lord, I love you and I thank you for your word, how faithful it is. Pray with me, church. and How good and kind you are to us. And I pray that you would speak in our hearts and minds and our lives, Lord, as we live this day in this house and beyond. But God, this is not the end. This veil of flesh is not the end. Uh, but we have hope. We have hope for eternity. And I pray, Father that you would touch minds and hearts and lives and homes, families, individuals. I pray that you would anoint them and anoint me to be your mouthpiece. Thank you, God, that you have given us this assurance, this hope, the promise of your word. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Now, I'm not asking you to lie. I'm asking you to be very honest. I want you to look at someone, matter of fact, two people, and I want you to find something very nice. You can do this, even if you think they don't look nice. They may have a nice nose, a nice hairdo. Something. Tell them how nice they look today, how wonderful it is. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our souls' diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles and he will guide till the day is done for there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one, no, not one for Jesus knows, come on, sing it, all about our struggles And he will guide till the day is done. For there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Aren't you thankful for that? Would you love him? I honor you, God, and love you. Thank you that you are a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. It was the weighted, faithful words of Jesus that were given to encourage us in and of the attitude of prayer. He knew, he knows 
the disillusionment and discouragement that we can easily and often slip into when we are not quickly gratified, when we are not answered soon enough. We who live in the temporal cannot see past this, uh, this veil of flesh into the eternal. This corruption cannot see to the incorruption. Uh, this mortality cannot often see to the immortality. And so we become discouraged. We become disillusioned. Even when his hand is at work, still we wonder where he is and, and, and why he does not answer when we ask. When we ask according as he said to ask, we wonder why he does not answer as we think he should. So he said this, if you would please. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. The petition and the promise was assured. You understand this? The petition and the promise was assured. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, find, knock, open. It it was and and it is a promise that, that you can count on. As difficult as our minds can make it sometimes, it still nonetheless is, it's a promise that you can count on. A rock that will stand steady in the storm. Ask, seek, knock. And the answer will ultimately come. But what is not revealed, what is not revealed in those words is the time between the spaces and the lines. And that is where we find difficulty. The moments, the minutes, maybe even the months that turn to years that can ultimately feel like a lifetime. The time between the asking and the receiving, the seeking and the finding, the knocking and the opening. Uh, Those moments, every one of us have, have found ourselves standing on this side of the door knocking and, and wondering if it would ever be open to us. Every one of us in this place, man in the pulpit, everybody in the pew, we have knocked and we have wondered, will it ever open? If our prayers were getting past the threshold to the other side, uh, the repeated problems, the present pain, the difficulty that we pray about on a daily basis that we ask God to somehow heal, to cleanse, to deliver from, we all, every one of us have stood at that door and we have knocked and we have walked away. We have walked away wondering why, resting in the promises that we have known and that we do know only to return again, having hope that this would be the day. That finally we would find that moment that this would be the day that the answer would be given, that this would be the day the door would swing wide open, that, that somehow the thing that we have sought for for so long, it, it would be tangibly felt, it would be known, it would be received, it would be seen. That is what it must have been like for Joseph and those who helped him take the body of Jesus Christ down from the cross and place him in a tomb where no one had ever been and seal it with a stone. Um, Death had happened and now before them was the grave, the burial. That was as far as they could go. Do you understand this? It's important to understand this. That was as far as, as they could go. By Levitical law and the practice and the practice of it, they were moments away. They were moments, just moments away from where they could do no more. It's important to understand this. They were moments away from where they could do no more that the Sabbath drew on. It was approaching. It was, uh, while it was needed, it was still nonetheless staring them down. Hours where they, understand this, hours where they would be locked away uh, to do no work. Required, required by law. Required by God. The very one who was allowing all this to happen, required by God, if you would, 
to be locked away, to do no work, required to rest. That was what the word Sabbath literally meant. It just meant to rest. And so the Sabbath drew on. Imagine it for a moment, if you would. Jesus on the cross, the one that they had faithfully followed, now dead. They watched the agony unfold uh, over the hours of, of hurting and, and witnessed his final breaths. Uh, and now only moments, only moments, if you would, to take him down from the cross and, and place him in a tomb before they could do nothing but wait. That was it. Hurriedly taking him off the cross and, and doing their best to prepare the body, doing their best to, to make sure that everything was done as it could be at that particular point, at least at that moment, as best as they could to finally get him into the tomb so that they could go to the, sta- the Sabbath and, and rest. For three days, they would have to walk away <coughs> from the door that they so desperately wanted to knock on. Uh, to, just to see if there would be an answer from the other side. Three days they would have to wait in that, in that posture. Uh, without question, there is more to this theology than what we'll try to unfold here today. The, the, the prophetic words of Hosea and the picture that was played out by Jonah, even the words of Jesus himself that said, like Jonah, three days in the fish's belly and then he would rise again. Yet to Joseph, to Joseph and those who helped him seal this promise in that tomb, three days must have felt like three years or more. Waiting, just waiting. Why three days? Why, why not two? Uh, why not one, as a matter of fact? Why not just a moment? Uh, he was God incarnate. He, he could have died one moment only to breathe again the next. Do you understand this? Uh, he, he could have at that moment, at, at the moment of the last breath, he could, have, he could have breathed again. Even if it was just one day, one day of waiting would have seemed more reasonable, wouldn't it? Uh, just maybe two days at the most. Uh, that is often the debate that plays out in, in our hearts and minds when it comes to things that, that seem buried from our view. Uh, we cannot see, we cannot see the answer. In my limited capacity of understanding, by the view of my flesh, you and I, we just can't see. We don't understand the diagnosis. The fear of the unknown is greater than the pain of the present. Uh, the disappointment feels devastating. We wonder what we did wrong or we wonder what we are doing wrong. Because day after day, we knock on the door. Day after day, we seek. Moment after moment, we ask. When all the while, buried beyond our view is a victory that is just waiting for his moment. We can't see it, we can't grasp it, we don't understand it because our flesh is veiled by its own concerns and its own conceit sometimes. But nonetheless, it is there. Look at this if you would please. It is often, it is often in the weariness of the waiting that we gain the greatest strength to hold to the hope of the promise. It is often in the weariness of the waiting that we gain the greatest strength to hold to the hope of the promise. He could have rose from the grave in a moment. I believe that with all my heart. He could have in a moment rose from the grave, but that would not have confirmed his word to a world that was watching. Had he, had, he, had he come back in that moment, uh, then all the prophetic utterances and all the, the types that had been, that had been through time, they would have been canceled out. 
So there had to be that waiting. Uh, yes, it, it could have been different for them, for us all in our hurting, in our worrying, and in our wondering of our life. The space between the petition and the promise could be less. It could have been less, and it, and it could be less today. There's not a one of us in this place that, that we have not found ourselves in that, in that tension between the two where we have asked God and we have sought God and we've, we've asked in his name. We've obeyed according to his word and, and, and we've even put our own effort into it, if you would, and still there was silence on the other side. Job said that in one particular place. He said, I look for him on the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot find him. I'm searching for God and the reason and the rhyme and all this. Every one of us have felt pain in our life and we have petitioned God, asking God to deliver us from that pain and the pain remained. Every one of us have had a diagnosis or, uh, in our own life or in the life of a loved one and we have wondered why it did not turn out the way that we wanted it to turn out or, or, or maybe some of you in the sound of my voice, you have been praying a prayer that you have prayed not just for a day or a night but for months or possibly years that God would somehow reconcile in your life so that you could finally come to a place of peace but still it's just there daily facing you every time you wake up and we wonder where God is and we wonder why God is doing what he's doing I'm doing what I need to do. God, won't you answer? That's every one of us. That's every one of us. He could have rose, yes. But the space between the petition and the promise sometimes is a necessary part of the will and the plan of God in our life that we learn to wait. Um, spiritual strength is not often gained by quick fixes and short strides. Everybody understand this? Uh, but rather in the continual asking, seeking, and knocking. I am not going to gain strength when there is not resistance in my life. There is, somebody look at your life right now. Sometimes there is the blessing in opposition. That it comes against us, that it makes us get up another day and pray another prayer. That it makes us look that opposition in the eye and be reminded that God is for us and not against us. And that in fact, I'm just not as smart as I think I am. And I don't have, really have the power that I think sometimes that I do. And, and, and that all the things that I think that I've got together in my life, when I get to those crisis moments or those difficult times and I'm just weak, God reminds me that in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. His yeah. grace is sufficient. That thorn in the flesh. Years ago, I was out here, we were out here cutting a bunch of thorns and briars out here on, down by the sign on the highway. And, and uh, I, I'll never forget, uh, I cut a, a thorn bush or a locust tree or something. And I, and I, uh, and I got a thorn in my thumb right there, right there in my thumb. And uh, I, I tried to dig it out. You know how it is. I thought I got it out, but it wasn't out. And I went weeks. I went literally weeks with that thing festering until finally one day I, I just gritted my teeth and prayed and cried a whole lot. You know how it is when you stick your finger. And, uh, and that thorn just all of a sudden popped up, just popped right up and, and it had back pressure on it. I pulled it out and oh, there was sweet relief. That was years ago. Just this week, my thumb was hurting again. In that same spot, after all these years, it's still, I'll get to irritate in that little spot, just that little bitty spot still to this day festers every now and then. We wonder why the thorn remains. We wonder why we struggle with the problem that we've struggled with before. We wonder why we keep going back to the same sin that we've repented of a thousand times and we do it again. We wonder why we think we got it fixed one day and it's only broke the next. We wonder why that person won't change or that situation at work won't be any different. But we keep on praying. Sometimes it's just the will of God. As difficult as it is for my mind to understand, it's just the will of God that I learn to wait and to trust in him 
when I am at my weakest, when I don't know where else to go and I don't know what else to do, that I finally come to that point of understanding that it is in him and on him that I have to depend. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. The Sabbath drew on. It was near. The required rest. Do you understand this? This wording is so important. The Sabbath drew on. The required rest was approaching to trust in a promise that was on the other side of a stone. It was getting close. They had to do it. That stone might as well have been a mountain to climb over. It it stood between them and their promise. What you have been going through or what you are going through may feel like a stuck stone that will not roll away. Try as much as you like, but it will not budge. It was the same for them. They had to rest in the promise that was buried deep. They had to rest in something that was said before. They had to look back. I, I, come on, I'm sure in that three-day time frame that somehow uh, there was the doubts and there was the fears. Come on, we're, we are not perfect people. Right. Nobody in this place has any halos hanging over their head. Right. Every one of us have struggles. Every one of us get it right every now and then and every one of us get it wrong a whole lot more of the time. Right. We find ourselves more often picking ourselves up trying to do better than we are walking straight. Come on, am I the only one in this place? Uh, Every one of us, we we say the things we shouldn't say, we do the things we shouldn't do, and we find ourselves on the other side of it asking God to forgive us. And you know what he does? In fact, he does. He forgives us, he gives us mercy, he gives us grace, and we get up and we walk on again. Why? Because that's the nature of the promise. We get it buried deep within our heart that nothing can pull it out. We're reminded that our sins and our iniquities will he remember no more. He doesn't forget. He wills himself not to remember. You might sit here today feeling like that you're judged and you're out of hope and and there's nothing left for you. I'm telling you, there is a promise behind uh, that stone that is buried deep that you can hold on to. Come on, somebody ought to magnify him. promise that they could not produce themselves. It had to be a God thing. It had to be something that was beyond their power, something beyond their reach. That is the way it is for all of us. A promise from within. The silence may be deafening. You may have asked, sought out, knocked a thousand times, and yet still no sound on the other side. But understand this, if you would, please. They that wait, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength Mm. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. The promise is most often found through faithfulness and our willingness to wait on the Lord. Just a day in, day out walk. Come on, it may not be fancy. It may not be glamorous. Uh, You may not get a lot of accolades from any of humanity. But the truth of the matter is there is something about just walking with God day in and day out. Learning to wait, learning to wait, learning to wait on God. Therein is the promise found. It was all they could do. Sometimes that's all we can do is just wait. Sometimes that's the will of God. Sometimes, somebody hear me now. Sometimes the will of God is simply just to wait. It is to wait because the strength to stand, to endure, to remain, to ultimately see the answer is found no other way. It is found no other way but learning to wait on God. They had to rest. Everybody say rest. Rest. First of all, let me say this. Um, And I'm not gonna go into great detail about this. We don't understand in modern day Christianity uh, the purpose and the plan and the thing that is positive about the Sabbath. Can I tell you that most of North America, we abuse the Sabbath more than we celebrate the Sabbath. 
And can I tell you also, again, I'm not going to go too far here, but if we would learn to celebrate the Sabbath, I believe that we would see a blessing come within the churches of North America that we have never seen before. Because the Sabbath was not something, uh, we omit the Sabbath as, uh, as something that's not a need of work of salvation, but the Sabbath is a need and a work of salvation. Okay, we'll leave it there. There's something about the Sabbath that needs to be practiced. The Sabbath was coming. They had to rest. They had to rest in what was buried from their view. Rest in the words that he said, that he would rise again forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. There are promises in God that are yea and amen that every one of us in this place need to hold on to and understand that if God said it, he will do it. If you prayed about that prayer and God gave you the assurance through his word, according to his word, then God will do it. But sometimes it just takes us resting in it. That we don't have to see the tangible answer. We don't have to hold it with our hands because that's the way we are. We want to get our fingerprints all over it. We want to, we want to have our say in it. We want to somehow just to hold on to it so that we can somehow, understand this, is somehow we can take a little bit of the credit for it. When God wants us just to step back and rest in the promise of who he is and what he has said when it's not about us, but it's all about him. Amen. They had to rest in what was buried from their view. Rest in the words that he said he would rise again. Don't misunderstand this today. Nobody likes a tomb. Nobody. Uh, nobody likes a tomb. It's, it's dark and, and difficult. It's, it's the definition of separation and sadness. It, it, silence, uh, it silence shouts in, into our soul telling us that, that there's just no hope. We've all been there. We've all felt it. We may be feeling it right now. But what the grave does not know is that we know what is on the other side of the stone. And that is the difference. That's the difference for every one of us in this place today. What the grave does not know, we do know what is on the other side of that stone. We know the promise that is on the other side. No depth uh, of despair is deep enough. No problem or pain can prevent it. No heartache or hurt can, cannot be healed by it. We simply must rest. Musicians, if you would. We simply must rest in the promise that is waiting to happen for, for every asking and seeking and knocking God will promise and protect and provide for whatever you have need of today. Yes, yes. You might feel like you're living in a frantic, in a frenzy, and, 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 and you've got to hurry to get it all in, and you've got to hurry to get life done. And, and, and like them, the Sabbath day drew on, and they knew they only had moments to, to, put the, to seal the promise, if you would, into a, to a place that, that they could not see into, a darkness that they did not know how to deal with. And often that is the case in our life that we deal with darkness on a daily basis. I don't know really in all truth if, uh, and, and I'm only going for the perspective. I'm sure there's been generations that have said the same thing, but, but just let me say it for this generation right now, looking back and recollecting over the past few months, years, just few years, I, I, I can honestly say that there have been times that, uh, that the darkness has, has felt palpable. That it, that it felt, uh, it felt consuming. It, it, it felt like I, it almost felt like it was just an air that we were breathing on a continual, the news and, and all the calamity and all the woes and all the chaos that was around us. And, and, and it just felt like we were doing, do you understand this? That's where they were. Three days they were, they were separated from the Savior. Three days that they had to live in, in the unknown. Three days that they had to wonder what went wrong. Were they wrong? Did they get it wrong? Did they not understand it? Uh, they had done everything that he said to do and still there just wasn't an answer. And, and that's us. That's me. That's you. Uh, we just, we, we sense the darkness sometimes and, and we feel alone and we wonder, is he hearing our prayer? And, and uh, 
is, is that grave really the final? Is that grave really the final say? When the truth of the matter is, we have to just simply rest. Rest in the promise that is waiting to happen. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We don't like to wait. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That's why we've got so many drive-throughs in Bloomington, Indiana. We don't like to wait. And if it takes more than 30 seconds, we are upset. What is going on? Uh, this isn't their first time up to bat. We're a culture, we're a people that just doesn't like to wait. We don't like to sit still. We're uncomfortable. Pentecostals, we are uncomfortable with quiet. Hey, hold on a second, Tyler. We're uncomfortable with this. We're uncomfortable with quiet. We're uncomfortable with silence. We want noise. Go ahead and play. We want noise. I need you to play. <laughs> we don't know what to do with it. We want something said. I want an answer. God, I want you to move right now. Right. And if you're not moving right now, God, I want you to get it noisy so that I can be distracted from what I'm feeling. Go on. Go on. I don't want to have to deal with the pain and I don't want to deal with the sorrow and I don't want to deal with the depression. I don't want to deal with the, the unanswered questions. I don't want to deal with it, God, because we don't do well with silence. Go on. We want it now. I want it fixed now, God. I want you to, because we've got a sitcom mentality where we sit and watch a TV show in 30 minutes and everything is fixed that was broken at the beginning. We're even cued when to laugh all the way through it. We're cued now when to cry. And we walk away and we get another soda and we think we're all satisfied. And the problem is it leaches over into everything else in our life. I'm telling you, there's not, there's not always gonna be a quick fix. There's not always gonna be moments in our life where it's gonna be noisy. There's gonna be, there's gonna be times when I don't hear from God. There's gonna be times when I pray and, and God's not gonna answer it the way that I want it to be answered. He's not gonna answer it in the time that I want it to be answered. You're gonna pray prayers and you're gonna ask God to heal and God to deliver and God to do and God's gonna say, no, not yet, not now, maybe not in this lifetime. And so it's at that moment when it's silent, when it's dark and when it's difficult that my faith has to reach beyond a stone that is sealing a promise and I have to find something that is buried much deeper that I know that ultimately he will live again and that promise will be fulfilled. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You're not getting weaker. Your despair right now is not going to define you in the future. Joel said it this way in his book, let the weak say, I am strong. Sometimes, young men, you've got to walk up to the, to the mirror of your life and you just got to remind yourself, I may feel weak right now, but I am strong in God. I may not have the answer right now, but let the weak say, I am strong. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Walk to that, walk to the, that sealed stone and, and, and try somehow in faith to pray beyond that, uh, that, that thing that just seems hard as a rock and, and remember that there's something on the other side that God promised you that ultimately it will live again. How can you say that when 
you don't feel it because you have an answer there on the other side of that stone, a promise that will not fail you. Can I tell someone today, you don't have to remain, you don't have to walk out of this place lost and lonely or broken and feeling undone and feeling like you're living in the dark. There are too many, hear me, there are too many people today feeling like you're living in the dark. You do not have to live in the dark anymore. Behold, the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. He said, those that wait will fly like eagles and they'll run and they're not gonna get weary and they're gonna walk and they're not gonna faint. Your Sabbath is near. You just gotta rest in it because he has a promise that will live again soon. Somebody love God right now. I love you, Jesus. Come on, somebody pray. God, I'm, I'm sensing you in my silence. Come on, we ought to be standing to our feet and walking to this altar and and those of you, come repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and, and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost today. Come on, come to this altar and believe, God, I'm not gonna live in darkness anymore and I'm not gonna live in the silence by myself. I'm not gonna fear this. I, I've got a promise on the other side of that sealed stone and God, you promised it will live again. Oh God, in Jesus' name. But if God told you, he will fulfill it. If you read it and you believe it, it's going to happen. Uh, you've got assurance today. You've got hope today in Jesus. You've got life. You, you've, got, you've got resurrection. You've got victory. There is redemption. That thing that seems lost, it will live again. It will live again. It will live again. It will live again. Oh God, come on. Somebody pray with me now all over this house. Someone repent of their sins. Somebody be baptized in his name. Somebody be filled with the spirit. Somebody be healed today. Because that's the will of God for you. Come on, your Sabbath. It draws near. Rest in it. Rest in it. Rest in the promise.